Hey, uh, man, I, I am overwhelmed with um, gratitude to see you guys here and to be with you in this space. Uh, every single one of you guys are, um, whether we know you or not, you are valuable to God in heaven and you're valuable to us. We, we love this community. We love you guys. If you are a, a long-time Christian, awesome, man. If you are somebody just like Jesus, you have no context for him. You're just like, I, I don't know, man. A gathering sounds awesome. I can't go to a concert. Maybe I'll go to church. I don't know. Uh, man, we love you as well. Uh, would you pray with me for our time in the Word? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 9 if you have a Bible or you have a Bible app on your phone. So thankful for each person here, God. Uh, we ask now that you would speak to us through your word. Thank you for this season that we are embarking on. I believe there's something bigger going on than all the craziness we, we see in um, the culture around us. And so we ask that you would give us ears to hear that and eyes to see that today. Thank you for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Matthew 9, we're going to read verses 35 through 38. It should be up on the screen. Uh, it's hard to see a little bit because it's outside, and it's okay. Matthew 9, verse 35. says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. It could be translated distressed and dispersed. Sounds a little bit like many people right now. Like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, speaking about all of these people who were confused and helpless and distressed, he said about them, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him, ask him to send more workers into the fields. Today is a, a special Sunday. Uh, for one, it's actually our church anniversary today. Um, yeah. Uh, today is also special because after six months, we are resuming our in-person gatherings. That's a big deal. But I think that what is even more significant than all of that is that today we believe marks the beginning of something new, actually, of a new season. Like I said, exactly six months ago, today, we stopped gathering publicly. And today we resume our in-person gatherings, but they look a lot different. We're, we're standing on a temporary stage, and you're sitting in circles, socially distanced from other people. The people who greeted you we're wearing masks when you came in. We don't live in the same kind of world that we lived in even just six months ago. The fabric of our society is stretching and wearing thin. The truth is that the stability of people's lives has been disrupted. I'm sure you know that depression and anxiety are at an all-time high. Suicide rates, abuse... Divorce rates have skyrocketed in the last few months. People are lost and without 
hope. And if they're not yet there, many of them will be soon. These words from Matthew 9 are maybe a good description. People are confused, feeling helpless, distressed, wandering, not knowing where to go or what to do like a sheep without a shepherd. And even in the church, capital C church, like the Christian church, there's a lot of confusing messages about what we're supposed to do right now. Do we focus on this? Do we fight for that? Do we care, if so, how much? Or do we just wait it out? We're like soldiers waiting for our marching orders. What do we do? And like 1 Corinthians 14 says, if the trumpeter doesn't sound a distinct melody when it's time to go out to battle, then the soldiers won't know that they are being called into battle. There must be a clear call. My goal right now is to sound a clear call, church. I want to share with you how we believe God is leading us in this season. Three weeks ago, my alarm went off in the middle of the night. I was very angry. I don't know how it happened, but uh, I, my alarm went off in the middle of the night, and I woke up, and I felt like God said to me, it's harvest time. And I was like, Lord, I know. Like, we've been praying for harvest. Like, January of 2019, I stood before the church in that building and said, guys, I, I think 2019 is a year to be R-E-A-D-I ready for a harvest that is coming in 2020. Lord, haven't you heard any of my sermons? I'm saying this to the Lord. We've been talking about harvest this whole year. We've been, haven't you heard our prayers? We've been praying about this. And I felt like he was like, no, it's like actually harvest time. And I was like, what? And he was like, like, look at your calendar. It's harvest time. And I don't know anything about farming. So I was like, is that what the fall is? I don't know. I was like, is that why we do a harvest like thing in October? I thought maybe stuff grew in the spring. I literally have no idea. So I have my phone out in my bed and I type in in Google, when is harvest? Google gives me the answer. It says autumn, fall is the season of the harvest. When we reap what we planted in the spring. COVID-19 hit America right as we were entering into the spring of this year, exactly six months ago. And it planted, if you will, a lot of things among which are fear, anxiety, confusion, division, economic downturn. And as I laid in my bed, this phrase came to mind. What has been sown in sorrow through COVID in the spring will be reaped in joy through salvation in the fall. Again, I felt God say to me, Dominic, a lot of times I feel like when God talks to me, he says, hey, Dom, he calls me nickname. But this time I felt like he said, Dominic, you know, it's like when your parents like Dominic and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was like, Dominic, it's, it's harvest time. He was talking about his kingdom, I believe. Harvest time is the time when you reach out and pull on the fruit to see if it is right for picking. In the kingdom, that means his people reach out and invite people into the storehouse of God. 
And so I'm sitting there and I'm processing all of that. And I, you know, and you never know if God's really speaking to you or not. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm date. I feel like I'm on drugs. It's the middle of the night. I'm just like, ah, right. I'm all like loopy. And I'm like, God, are you talking to me? And so I start writing all this stuff down. I feel like I'm getting vision for this season. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to start our, 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 our Sunday gatherings. We had already planned on this date. And I'm like, that's the week before harvest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, six months ago, that was, that was spring and now it's harvest. And, and we've been thinking about doing these worship things. And, and we were going to do this prayer tour all across the the, the city in, in Ventura uh, in the fall, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, and, and the fairgrounds, maybe they're doing concerts and cars, maybe there's some at the fairgrounds, and I was like, the Harvest Crusade did something at the fairgrounds, Greg Laurie and the Harvest Crusade, wait, Harvest Crusade? Like, Harvest? That's why they use the word Harvest? Like, I'm thinking, oh, I'm like, it, it dawned on me, like, that's what they meant by Harvest Crusade, and so I'm processing all this stuff, I'm making all these notes, and the next morning, I'm sitting with my wife outside, and our little, we have a little patio in our backyard, there's a brick wall about 10 feet away from us and I'm like and I'm, I'm thinking about and I'm like harvest crusade I'm telling her all this I'm like I don't know I think maybe God's speaking to me saying it's harvest time and right as I say that I look over at our, our brick wall and this like I don't know if you can see it but up on the wall there's this little image right the sun was reflecting off our window and then off of that little fire pit it was creating this thing I'd never seen in our backyard apparently Emily said it's there all the time I've never seen it and I immediately was like oh my gosh that's the harvest crusade logo Okay, if you lived in Orange County for any time, you remember the Harvest Crusade logo. Here, it looks like this. Okay, so the Harvest Crusade logo appears on my. I'm always asking God. I'm like, God, can you just, can you just write it in the clouds for me? That's what I always say to God. Can you just write it in the clouds? And He was like, Well, how about your wall? I'll write it on your back, on your back wall. And so I wasn't like, Oh, it's about Harvest Crusade or it's about Great Glory or even about the fairgrounds. But I was like. I can't deny that, like, I'm telling Emily this mid-sentence, and then that thing appears, and I know what it is. It looks just like the Harvest Crusade logo. More than anything, I was like, wow, I really believe that God is speaking to me and saying it's harvest time. It would take more faith for me to say, nah, that's nothing, right? It would take more faith for me to say that than to say, I, I believe that God is speaking to me. And so I, uh, I shared it with the elders, and we, we all felt like, gosh, man, this, this resonates with us. It seems right. It seems that the melody of the call is clear. Church, I think it's time to put on our boots, our overalls, <laughs> grab our tools, head out in the field, because it is harvest time. You can clap for that, man. And I honestly don't think it's a coincidence that the Sunday that we randomly chose to resume our in-person gatherings happens to be exactly six months after COVID hit, which also happens to be the exact duration between spring, when things are planted, and fall, when things are harvested. Today, I believe, is significant for all those other reasons, sure, but because it is the, the beginning of a new season for us, a harvest season Psalm 126 says that what has been sown in sorrow will be reaped in joy. Isaiah 61.3 says that God exchanges beauty for ashes, joy for weeping, praise in exchange for despair. This is what he does. We see it even in creation, right? As we look around, something as tragic as a forest fire that produces ash, falls on the ground and sows, if you will, fertility into the soil 
to make the soil more fertile. Diamonds are formed only under extreme pressure and heat, and they won't even appear, I learned this this week, they won't even appear on the surface until there is enough pressure from a volcanic eruption to push them up to the earth's surface. What if the fire and pressure of the last six months was actually leading to this season where the riches of salvation are being pushed to the surface? What if God has actually been using the fire and subsequent ash fallout of the last six months to fertilize the soil of people's lives and hearts so that they could receive the implanted word of God, which brings salvation to their souls? Maybe that which was planted in the soil of people's lives in the spring has been growing roots that have sprouted little buds over the last few months and we are on the brink of a season where those buds are beginning to just bring forth some fruit and people who have no hope will finally find eternal hope which can only come from Jesus. There's a lot to celebrate today but this is what we are most excited about. So as a church, this is what we are investing everything into for the the rest of this year at least. We want to do our part to participate in the reaping Right in the gathering in of, of people into the kingdom of God where they can find God's love and hope and salvation and the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. So we're taking a seven-tiered approach to this season. I'm going to share that with you briefly now. And of course, those of you guys who have been around a long time, I'm going to use the acrostic H-A-R-V-E-S-T. Harvest. H in harvest. This is our, this is our, this is our approach, okay? This is what we're... What we're doing, this is framing everything for us as a church the next several months. H and Harvest is for honor God, neighbor, and churches. In Matthew 22, someone uh, asked Jesus, they said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. In this crazy season, for us, that means that we are going to keep obeying God and complying with the government as long as we can. Uh, Sean from Calvary Community, I I love how he said it. I'm just going to steal this from him. He said, if and when our obedience to God finds us in non-compliance with the government, then we will be in defiance to the government. But we're not going to make it our purpose to defy or challenge. Our purpose, as I just shared, is to bring the good news of Jesus to people who desperately need him right now. So that is where our focus and passion will be in this season. We also believe that this approach will be a clear and obviously loving witness to our neighbors. Now, we recognize that that may not be the exact same approach that all of our brothers and sisters and other churches are taking in this season, and that's okay. We are not here to judge them. They need to do what they believe God calling them to do as a church. We need to do what we believe God's calling us to do. But no matter what they decide to do, we are going to honor and love them as our brothers and sisters. So, like it says in Romans, let's make sure we don't pass judgment on one another. But instead, accept one another. This attitude should characterize the conversations between Christians 
between churches and even between church leaders and church members who we may come to different conclusions about this season. So we must make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. We must seek after unity. The A in ask, I'm sorry, the A in harvest is for ask. The A in harvest is for ask, as in pray, as in ask and you shall receive, as in sometimes you have not because you ask not. Jesus said in our passage we read at the beginning in Matthew 9, uh, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send workers into the field. We believe that this is a season of harvest, of gathering in people into God's kingdom, but that, should not, that shouldn't mean that we stop praying. Harvest time is a time to pray. If my people who are called by my name, God said, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. It is one of the great mysteries of scripture that God sometimes waits to act until we ask. So we are going to double down on prayer. Billy mentioned it earlier. One of the ways that we're doing that is we're moving our Tuesday night prayer and worship gathering into the community, starting at the cross next week, 6 p.m. sharp, 5.45 for some of you. The R in harvest is for reach. This is a huge part of what this season is about. Harvest time, in general, is a time where you reach out and like pick the fruit and pull on it to see if it's ripe, right? Jesus said in Matthew 9, again, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Listen, the problem isn't that there is uh, no fruit on the vine. The problem is that there's no workers in the fields to harvest it. I want to encourage us today, guys. God's the one who saves. Listen, ain't nobody here been saved by somebody else. You don't have a relationship with God because somebody else saved you. God alone saves. But he uses people like us to invite people into salvation. The stability of people's lives has been shaken. Straight up in this season. We know it. Many of us are here today, and it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it. But once this storm hit, I realized that my life was built on sand and not on rock because it is shaken. I feel unstable and shaken in my life. Some of you are there today. Many people who aren't here today are like that. We realize, oh my gosh, our life has been shaken. Maybe it wasn't built on the rock. People are broken. Lives are broken. People are finally coming to grips with the fact that, oh my, maybe my soul can't be satisfied eternally from the things of this world. People are starting to, to, to wake up to this, but they don't know what to do. They don't realize that only through a relationship with God, through Jesus Christ, can my soul be satisfied. People don't need you. They need Jesus. But you have Jesus. You have Jesus. You are the deliverer of the good news. And I want to remind us today that Jesus said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. I have given you the keys to the kingdom. What was he talking about? What are the keys? Very simply put, the keys are the proclamation of who Jesus is. When we share the good news of Jesus, who he is and what he has come to do, it opens the doors of the kingdom to people. 
Now, whether they choose to walk into the doors or not, man, that's up to them. That's not our responsibility. It's like pulling on the fruit, right? If it comes off, it comes off. It was ripe. If it doesn't, you're like, it's not ripe yet. You just move on to the next one. You pull it, you go back to that one later because it'll be ripe later. Right? That's how it is in the kingdom. I saw this orange tree yesterday. We were at our uh, friend's house up in Carp. And uh, this is what the fruit looked like on this orange tree. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. But up at the top, there's oranges. And then down below, uh, skip to that next one, Aubrey. Uh, So up at the top, there's a bunch of orange oranges. And then below, there's a bunch of green oranges. The ones at the top, I'm thinking they were ripe, right? The ones below, they're still growing. It's harvest time, but not quite time to harvest those. That's how it is. Some of them are going to be ripe. Some of them not. It's our job to just like reach out and pull on it to see Today, even, there's some people who, man, you need Jesus and you realize it right now. There's other people here, you need Jesus and you don't realize it yet. That's all right. It's just my job to share him with you and invite you to him. I'm going to do that in just a minute. Christians, some of you have sown seeds into people's lives in this season through just praying for them, through loving interactions with them, through mentioning little things about your relationship with God to them in this season. I believe that it's time to reach out and invite them into a relationship with Jesus in a very explicit way. That's what harvest time is about. And if that's too overwhelming, invite them to church. We are going to be sharing the good news of Jesus every single Sunday and inviting people to receive him. Some will, some will not. That's okay. But we want to open the doors. The V in harvest is for vine. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. The V is to remind us about abiding. He said, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Christian, if you're going to bear the fruit of boldness in this season, if you're going to bear the fruit of love or discernment or kindness in this season, It will only come from abiding in Jesus. Ministry flows from intimacy. You disconnect a branch, you disconnect one of those orange branches from the tree, it cannot bear fruit. The fruit will not come from you striving hard, right? You know, you know that you never seen an orange tree being like trying to like pop out fruit. It's just chilling, just connecting to the vine and then you know, starts bearing fruit. You just got to stay connected to the vine. There will be no effective, lasting ministry apart from abiding in Jesus, the vine. I hope that's encouraging to you because I'm going to be straight up. I'm tired. Like in my bones, exhausted. Like I feel like a a car battery is like, oh, you got to get a new battery, bro. Like your battery's dead. And so I had kind of hoped that I would get to cruise through the rest of this year, like many of us do. Right now, some of y'all are feeling like, dude, this sounds like a lot of work, bro. I wanted, it's already been a lot of work just surviving in 2020. Now you're saying, like, go out in the fields? I want to stay in my house on my couch. I'm with you. I do too. And I hoped that God would let me. And so when he woke me up in the middle of the night, just to be honest, and he said, it's harvest time? My first response was, seriously, Lord? That sounds like a lot of work, and I don't know if I have it in me. I was reminded this week 
as I read in John chapter 6 about Jesus feeding these thousands of people who are just hungry. They were hungry people. Jesus fed thousands of them. That the only thing the disciples needed to do was bring him a few loaves and fish. It seems so measly, but it was everything they needed to do. I'm reminded in this season that I don't, I don't cause like thousands of people to come to know Jesus. I look out at a sea of people in our community who are all hungry, and I'm like, Lord, all I have is a couple fish and loaf. And he's like, that's what I need. That's all I need. I do the work, Dom. You don't feed thousands of people. I'm the one who does that, and I'm the one who is going to do that. So be encouraged. This isn't about us like, oh, I better do something. It sounds like a lot. Of it is like good work. I can be excited now because I realize, oh, this is his burden to carry. I just got to show up. I just show up available. I just show up available with my eyes open, and God's going to use me and give me the, the strength to do it as I abide in Jesus, the vine. The E in harvest is for everyone in. Notice how Jesus said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The problem is not that there is not fruit on the vine. The problem is there are no workers. If we are going to see a great harvest, guys, we all have to be in. Everyone doesn't need to do everything, but everyone does need to do something. And can I just praise the like 100 people legit who have volunteered just to like make our Sunday mornings happen? Can y'all just give them a hand real quick? Half of them were here today. Half of them were here this morning. Half will be here next week. We'll be rotating. Man, you guys killed it. It was like people were working so hard that like we didn't have enough work for them. That is the best problem I've ever seen. People were like, oh, all the work's done. On time, early. Let them be an example to us of stepping up in this season and saying, I can't do everything, but I am going to do something. The S in harvest is for sing, as in musical worship. I think there's something super significant about uh, our musical worship. If you don't know what that is, that's what we did in what we call the first set before Billy got up here. It's what we'll do after the sermon today. We worship God in song. There's something connected between that and this harvest time, I believe. I think part of it is that, you know, unity is going to be under attack. The enemy hates harvest time. He hates all that. He hates this. He hates you if you don't know that. And he, he wants to attack this. And part of how he does that is he attacks unity. Well, uh, worshiping together unifies the people of God. Brian taught about this from Ephesians 5 a couple weeks ago. Worshiping together unifies the people of God. And 2 Chronicles 20 shows us that, that there is a, a spiritual warfare element to worship. And that uh, worship actually thwarts the work of the enemy. When God's people sing to him. We believe that we need to double down then on musical worship in this season. So what does that mean for you? Well, that means that you show up. When we do like worship nights and stuff, show up. Show up with your whole heart. And that means when you come to church, show up on time. Right? Good job showing up on time today. Show up on time before the first set starts. And when we start the songs, open your mouth. Like I said earlier, you bring something unique that nobody else brings to the table. You're like, yo, dude, my voice is not that good. Maybe it's not. That's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about what comes from your heart, okay? That comes out of your mouth and it, something happens when you put that out there, right? And when we all sing together, it become, we become like the choir of God. Every single one of us has a specific voice that we bring that is connected to an experience that we have. Oh, wow. That's what happens in the spiritual realm when God's people sing. Things start breaking open. It's okay. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with it. Take it home, maybe. <laughs> the tea in harvest, lastly, is for teach. This is a season of harvest where we are reaching out and inviting people in. He's just picking up a, a vase. It's not that interesting. <laughs> if you're... I see, like... You're good. Oh, you don't have to. I was just noticing people were watching as if they never saw somebody clean up trash. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate you, man. You get my hand. There you go. The tea and harvest is for teach. Uh, this season is about, is about harvest, we believe, but uh, where we're reaching out and inviting people into the kingdom. But that's not at the expense of us not teaching the word of God like we do on Sundays. We don't want to just go wide. We want to continue to go deep. It's depth and breadth. So we will continue to teach through our Kingdom Family series like we have been in the book of Ephesians and then uh, going deeper into that through our community groups. The youth will still be teaching um, in that way. So that's the end of the harvest uh, acrostic there. This is what we're doing this season, guys. This is what we are focusing on as a church uh, this is what we believe God is doing and what he's asking us, Reality Ventura, to join him in. Um, it feels to me like our Heavenly Father is sitting around the table and he is looking at all of us and he's saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing in your community. Come and join me. And it's up to us if we respond to that invitation or not. I, I recognize that some of us won't respond and that's not my place to judge you. That's between you and God. But I hope that you will respond. Our staff is all in on this. We are all in on this, and we are asking that you would be all in. And listen, I can't be 100% sure that God said to me it's harvest time. I'm pretty darn sure that thing on the wall was, like, weird. Uh, and if I'm wrong, okay. But I would rather go all in on this and be wrong than have been right and ignore it and miss out on participating in what God did after the fact and be like, dang it, I should have known that was the Lord, right? So that's where we are at, amen? amen. All right, so here's what I'm gonna do, Christian. Uh, if you don't want to coast into 2021, or maybe you want to, but more than wanting to coast into 2021, 20, you don't want to miss what God is doing, right? If that is you today, then I just want to ask you to stand with me, and I want to pray over you and commission you into this season. If there's seven of you, that's cool. If there's 400 of you, cool. Don't feel pressure. Don't feel peer pressure. If you say, no, nah, I'm good, man. I want to, I'm going to coast, and I'm going to coast. I'm not here to judge you. It's between you and God, but if you want to be commissioned into this season, go ahead and stand with me. Just put out your hands in front of you as if you were uh, receiving something from God and surrendering your life to him at the same time. Lord, I, play, I pray a blessing over these people now. I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. 
Thank you for the harvest that is at hand. We ask that you would give them every gift that they need for this, this season, that you would give them boldness to proclaim the good news and open the gates and the doors of the kingdom to people. We ask that you would connect them to just the right relationships. We ask that you give them just the right simple words with their friends and family. We ask that you give them just the right invitations into their lives and into a church gathering or into their homes. I'm going to say this over you now. Uh, Jesus came to his disciples, okay, and he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now he says this to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations starting in your backyard. I added the starting in your backyard part. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach those new disciples then to obey everything that I've commanded you. And be sure of this reality, Ventura. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen? Amen. Hey, you guys can go ahead and sit down. Ask the band to come up. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus, then uh, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him. The Bible says that we are all sinners. That sin has separated us from God. The Bible also says that we were created for relationship with God. That longing in your soul that you try to fill with this, this, and that, it only comes, it's only fulfilled, rather, through a relationship with God. Jesus came and died on the cross to remove our sin from us, to take, to forgive us of our sin so that we could come into relationship with God. That was the whole thing. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead to prove that everything he had done and said was true. And today he stands at the door of your heart and your life and he knocks. And the Bible says that if anyone will open up the door of their life and let him in, that he will come in and live with you. Today he wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to write your name in his book. He wants to give you eternal life and the surety to know that if you died today, you would spend the rest of eternity with him. He wants to bring you into relationship with the Father. And today, wow. Today he stands at the door of your heart and knocks. He says, open up your life to me that I might come in. So if that's you today, and you realize that you have a need for a savior, I want you to stand to your feet right now and I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today who needs Jesus? Stand up to your feet. I see. Is there anybody who needs Jesus? Stand to your feet, there you go.
that's you today and you want to turn away from that life that's running from God and you want to turn back to him, today's the day. Turn back to him and run toward him. Would you still stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. There you go, brother. There you go. Turn to him. Stand to your feet today. Stand to your feet. Anybody else? I'm going to pray this prayer over you now. Actually, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Would you repeat it with me out loud? And if you already know Jesus, repeat this out loud. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for me. I realize today that I need you. To forgive me of my sin. I welcome you into my life. 